Learn from the greatest marketing minds in business, media, and entertainment. This is Marketing Legends. Here's your host, Matt Lights. In today's episode, we have the man when it comes to startups and marketing, Mr. Will Schroeder, the founder of Startups.com. Will is going to take you on a journey and teach you exactly what you need to know. If you're just getting going and you don't know where to market, where to put your money, where to put your energy, you're exactly where you need to be. And Will is here to support a very good cause, a special school in his hometown. If you go right now to marketinglegends.com Will, you're going to be able to get a hold of $867 in bonuses, including a very special bonus from Will. So with that said, let's get it on. All right, here with my main man. This is one of the guys that truly got me started in the game. How are you today, Will? Doing great, buddy. Good to see you. So good to see you. And and obviously, you know, so many of our, our listeners, Will, are early stage startups and, uh, you know, having a company like startups.com might be a, a pretty good topic. So I, I got to ask, you know, you have the classic startup story, right? Dorm room. If you could just take us back to Columbus, Ohio, where it all began. Wow. It, the, what's what's weird is when I say take it back, Matt, the, that's a long time now. That's 30 years ago. <laughs> We're not getting any more will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's hard to believe that like, you know, that all of the, like so much time has, has passed. But if, if I were to zoom back 30 years, um, this is dawn of the internet. This is, I call it roughly 1994. And um, I'm dropping out of college. I go to my guidance counselor and I say to her, I can't wait to drop out of college. I'm so excited. And she's like, doesn't understand what's happening, right? The opposite of of what she's expecting. And she's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I'm going to start an internet company. And she looks me dead in the eye, Matt. And she's like, what's the internet? I mean, there there was a time, right? There was a time where no one knew. Um, Yep. And so, you know, I had this really amazing opportunity to start one of the first web design companies um, in an era where web pages didn't exist yet. And so we were building some of the first websites on the Internet, which was hard to believe now. Right. But, you know, for commercial websites, you know, no one knew what the Internet was or what it was going to be. And so I was going to all these major companies and saying Internet is coming. And, and here's what I think is interesting, you know, because we draw this with a parallel. Now we've got AI. We just yes. had crypto for a minute, et cetera. And in every case, somebody talks about how there's going to be this next revolution. It's going to change everything. Mm. That one actually did. I mean, no question, right? Yes. Like the, the internet fundamentally changed everything. Yeah, it's going to stick, I think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it, I mean, I was one of those guys running around talking about the internet's coming, the internet's coming. Yep. And no one had a clue what I was talking about. And so that was the early days of my career. You know, I, I built this web design company. We ended up merging with a with a small ad agency in Columbus, Ohio. We then grew and scaled the agency overall. This is hard to believe, but that agency is now worth $6 billion. <laughs> From a dorm room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to trust me, it, it has very little to do with me, which is why it's worth $6 sure. billion. But uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I got to tell you, uh, it was, it's, it's been amazing to watch because, yeah. you know, I think there's something like 16,000 people that work there now. And again, I've been there in 20 years. Mm-hmm. We sold the agency in like 2001. Um, and it got bought and sold a million times. I don't even know what it's called anymore, if I'm being honest. Like, wow. I, I'd have to okay. look it up to find out. It's probably gone, undergone 20 name changes and ownership changes since then. But that's how I got started. It's been a wild ride. 
And and since then, I I would go so far as to say you've almost been addicted to startups. From yeah, from what I've yeah. seen, it's it's when my, my old the only thing I'm qualified for qualified being a a big question mark. So I did that, and then I started eight startups after that. You know, the most recent one, the one that I've invested really the most of my life into consecutively, would be startups.com, which I get to sit around and BS with founders all day. It's my dream job. I uh, gotta love it, and I'm excited to talk about some marketing strategy specific to startups, but I, I would love to just kind of share some of the best advice that I've ever gotten. And, and as you know, I mean, it's to me, what I, part of one of my favorite things about being an entrepreneur is just the, the community, right? It's yeah. just the fact that it's amazing. It's, I mean, everybody understands they've all been there. We all start in the dorm room, you know, yeah. and it doesn't matter yep. if it's your kitchen table and you're 75. Yep. I mean, you all start out with this dream and the only people who really get it are the people that have, have been through it. Um, right, and, right. And I remember I had a, a, a crazy startup idea, which we'll save for another day. And I sat down, you sat down with me in a, in a little coffee shop. And here <laughs> you are. I mean, you're already multimillionaire. You're already yeah. like highly successful. You took the time to meet with the young guy, right? You straight up looked me in the face and said, this is not a good idea. What you should do is this instead. Yeah. And I promptly said, yeah, yeah, sure. And that didn't listen to it. Darn of course, thing yeah. That, that, that's a given. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of assume so, that's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It, it, I got to tell you what, though, like uh, what I'm trying to do, and I'm sure you're trying to do the same thing with people you see coming up, is I'm just trying to l- let them avoid one mistake. You know, not all of them. You know, mm. We're all going to go through our own stuff. But if I can just help people avoid one mistake or just yeah. kind of make their life a little bit easier, that that's all I can do. I have no plans or, or expectations that I'm going to say, here's exactly what to do and people will run verbatim. It'd be cool because they would save themselves even more time. But everyone's journey is their own. My job is just yeah. to make it a little bit easier. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I want to share that advice, Will, because it's one of those things that you got to hear it probably a dozen times as an entrepreneur to really get it. And then you won't get it. But maybe if we right. share it one more time, people will get it. Right. Uh, at the time, I had this idea for this whiz bang website that was going to do everything under the sun. I mean, it's like we were going to be like Yahoo and this and all these big brands. Right. And, um, and you're like, hey, man, I have an idea. How about you start with a WordPress site? Right. And I was like, right. Oh, well, okay. I don't know if you're getting it. And it was just this concept, which back then wasn't really. It, you know, a regular conversation piece is MVP, right? right. right? And now right. everybody talks about the minimal viable product. Yeah, like everybody's got a, like a, 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 yeah. Right, but back then it was kind of like, oh, I want to just be the best of everything. And yeah. the the reality of it is, is if I would have just taken the time to prove out just the one aspect of it, which really was the community and, and that's what I was trying to achieve, it would have saved me so much heartache because <laughs> the reality of it is, is if you can't make the number one best unique thing about your thing work, yeah, then none of the other stuff really even matters anyway. And right. probably the biggest thing that I see, Will, and this is advice that I give over and over, and, and I want to just get as much of your startups.com brain here as I can, but yeah, I think people f- like... it. it I was really allured, man, to to the world of the VCs and all the, you know, and I just remember like- hard not to be. And I have my, you know, my, in in hindsight, I still find these plans and I'm like, oh my gosh, that was bad. (laughs) Like, (laughs) shocker, nobody wanted to give me money. Um, But but the advice that I find I'm giving over and over is just like, go make a dollar. Like, just go make that first dollar. Right, Um, right. I mean, just speak to like, 
you know, somebody's out there starting a company, they've got the idea. What's the most important thing that they focus on, especially in the, in marketing and just getting the thing going? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is whatever your idea is now, it's the wrong idea. You just don't know what's wrong with it yet, right? And that that's what will reveal itself. I I always equate like building a startup to just starting off with raw clay, right? Eventually, you're going to mold it into what it's supposed to be as you learn more, as you market more, as you talk to customers, as you make a whole bunch of mistakes. But right now, no matter what you do, you're always going to start with this raw clay. Now, what I like about that analogy is you want that raw clay to be the perfect product. You want it to be exactly what the market wants, but you don't know yet. And so what I think this does is it takes some pressure off of founders to think I have to have the perfect idea. I'm like, no, you just have to be have a general idea of which direction you're headed. Yeah. And then over time, as you learn more, you'll modify it to go. I, I'll give you, a, like, this is kind of a random example that just came to mind. Um, my last business I did was a company called unsubscribe.com. Doesn't matter what it was. My yeah. co-founder was a guy named Jamie Simonoff, who after that started Ring, the, the doorbell company. Um, yeah. But in Jamie's journey, he had 20 other products that he was working on that eventually became Ring. In the, in the revised version of how people think about this, they think Jamie had this great idea for this one specific doorbell product, and that was it. He did not. Initially, it was called the doorbot, and it was a really bizarre kind of like text messages you when somebody rings a doorbell kind of thing. It wasn't what people think the product is today. The point is you get it out there, and you start getting lots of feedback. And that feedback starts to tell you where you're supposed to go, you know, kind of the whole MVP process. Yeah. So when I talk to founders in the formative stages, they're like, I just don't know if this is the right idea, et cetera. I say, it's not the right idea. It's absolutely not the right idea. It's a direction toward the right idea. Love and what that. you need to do is just get the ball rolling so you can start to find out what the right idea is. Love that. That's absolutely brilliant. And it, you know, it's, I've never to this day, and maybe I'm sure you've dealt with so many startups, ever heard of somebody that's like, yeah, you know, I was just sitting in my cubicle. I had this idea. I went and started the business and it turned into millions. I mean, it's always this iterative process. Right, 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 right. So, so Will, when, when somebody's got this idea, right. And obviously like in early formation, you, you know, I, I think you probably agree that the number one focus is getting that product, that initial, what is it that we're selling, you know, ready to go. When is the time where they start kind of turning some focus on marketing, getting the word out, you know, starting to sell this thing? What's, what does that process look like? Yeah. You know, I, I never look at that process as being like a, uh, now it's time. I look at it as being something I, I drip out over time. So for example, uh, Matt, you and I come up with this really cool product, right? And I say, okay, V1, you know, the first stage, let's just show it to five of our friends, see where their head's at, right? And, and our friends kind of give us a little bit of feedback. And I say, cool, let's show it to five people on social media, see what they think. Cool. Let's show it to five people that we, we clearly don't know. Like maybe we're running an ad toward a landing page and just trying it that way. I like to just get little bites out, whereas a lot of people think it's like some massive marketing launch and push. I think that's the wrong move because otherwise you're making a big step at a time when you actually know the least about your product. Mm. Right. So like you and I build whatever we think V1 should be of this product and we put it out there and we say, okay, time to, to drop marketing on it. And we, do, we drop a bunch of marketing. 
But right now, we know the least about what copy people you know react to online. We know the least about what the product is supposed to be, about what people actually like about it, meaning what we'd kind of punch up, et cetera. So I'm saying, hey, until we've answered a lot of these questions, let's just go real light. Like, like what's the least amount of marketing we can do? Minimum viable marketing, right? In order to get some early feedback so we can help inform what the marketing should be. Love it. That's great. And and is there like sort of obviously there's a million ways. I love your idea of dripping it out, testing it on social, but now I've got a product and I feel good enough, you know, it's it's V1. I want to put it out in, in the market. Um, there was a concept that you explained at a seminar that I went to. And if you guys haven't figured it out yet, like Will Schroeder is the man in Columbus, Ohio. Like, I mean, you you are, man. I know you're super humble and you play it super cool. Um, but you you give back. You gave back so much to people like me and to other people in the community. It was just, it's oh, I love just, it. It's just amazing. Um, but I remember going to uh, a little seminar and you talked about the concept of float and about right. running advertising and just really understanding your numbers. Can you explain that a little bit? Because that really made an impact on me. Well, float is kind of, um, it's more it's more commonly understood now. But basically, back in the day, when, when you didn't have performance marketing the way you do now, the idea was you used to have to just spend a ton of money and then hope like hell it returned, right? Yeah. You know, you'd run a billboard somewhere, like literally a billboard somewhere, and you'd spend thousands of dollars and then over some period of time, you hoped to get that money back, right. right? The time between when you spent it and you got it back was considered the float. That's when you're right. kind of floating. You know, you, you put money out there, you kind of float it, and you're hoping it comes back. Well, obviously, the internet changed that quite a bit, right? P- performance marketing like AdWords, now, you know, social media marketing, et cetera. Pay, pay-per-click performance ads allowed me to do something a lot different. Number one, it allowed me to pay with a credit card, which again, you don't think much of now, but it didn't used to be like that. You used to have to only be able to wire money or send a check. Right. Um, so I could take my Amex. I could open up a $25,000 line of credit on Amex, right? Which most people can get actually. Um, and, and then I would enter that into Google AdWords. I'd then buy $5,000 worth of AdWords, just making up a number. Immediately drive traffic to my site, be able to close that traffic right away. And more importantly, reinvest that cash. Right. The $5,000 that I spent was the float. The idea was that um, I could spend that money, but I could earn it back really quickly to replenish it and then put it back out there. Uh, people do this as more of an everyday now, but when I tell people, um, hey, what's your marketing budget? And they'll say it's $500,000. I'm like, well, hold on a second. $500,000 implies maybe you spent it all and you're waiting for it to come back. But you're only going to spend like 20000 at a time. And ideally, a lot of that's going to be coming back and replenishing itself. So people have right. to think differently, you know, kind of how marketing budgeting works. Yeah, I mean, because, uh, you know, so often I get the question is like, how much money should I spend? My answer is always as much as you freaking can. You know, I mean, if you're profitable, why is there a budget? Um, and I don't know why that's it, maybe that's just sort of a corporate thing that's kind of come over. I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. It generally spend as much as you can right? <laughs> like, until you get. Uh, and, and I think that uh, once you get into it, you know, first six months is terrifying because most of the money doesn't come back. And so it's yeah. hard to picture doing that. Mm-hmm. But after the first year or so, you, you basically just have a, an allocation for a revolving budget. So like certain products that we have at startups.com. Um, might have a fifty thousand dollar monthly revolving budget, and that budget always replenishes itself with with revenue. 
Got, yeah, I mean, and I should make sure to be very clear. Spend as much as you can as long as you're making more than you're spending. That's <laughs> minor Something detail. I hope really appreciate that. Incomplete notes out there like, mm-hmm. okay, yeah. Uh, right. Yeah. 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 Uh, but, you know, when it comes to you're out, you're spending money, right? Most likely yep. the majority of startups these days, what are they either using like YouTube ads, Google ads, Facebook ads, yep. Instagram. Yep. Is there anything, any other kind of unique strategies when it comes to marketing for startups that you found? I mean, you've got your two versions in general, right? So obviously everybody's doing either paid or they're doing organic. Um, really, the organic one is the one everybody's shooting for. You know, whether what it's funny, we were just talking about that this morning on the startups.com platform. Uh, somebody was saying, hey, with chat GPT, is SEO still a thing? If I can just type in a question, and I get one singular answer that's not attributed to anybody. Does all my content uh, become irrelevant? And, you know, th- that's a whole other discussion. But um, I tend to find content marketing is the best place to start because most people don't have much of a budget and it always has a great long term effect. The more you get out there, the more it returns over time for people that need to, to say, hey, I need to start turning over cash right away. Um, the only way to do that is with paid. Because right, the content marketing, like organic marketing, it takes a really long time. Like we have certain products. We have a, a company called Zirtual.com, which is a, a virtual assistant business. Zirtual's had like top spots organically for find a virtual assistant, et cetera, for like a decade, right? So the ROI on that is bananas. Otherwise, we got to pay for everything, you know, just like everybody else. And that's really expensive. So um, I, I haven't seen like anything magical lately other than more people taking advantage of video, YouTube, TikTok, et cetera. And so, uh, you know, we're just at startups.com starting to understand the power of video ourselves, but we're we're really early into it. Mm. So it's almost like these two things have, have to happen simultaneously, right? It's like you're making the long-term investments into the content right. while you're figuring out how to get the more immediate with the piggy yeah. traffic. Because if yeah, you depend yeah, on sure. either one of those... You know, it's just, I mean, content marketing can take way too long to ROI. Yeah. Ads are tough to to get the return right away. So, it's, yeah. you know, I guess the answer is, is, is do everything, you know. But Unfortunately, we- yeah, man. Like, so here's what I say. Like, do first do whatever you can with what little budget you have. So most people are like, I'm going to spend 500 to to $1,000. There's only so far that's going to get you. And you'll yep. probably lose it all. It probably won't return. Um, and let me stick with that for a second. Uh, having come from the ad business, you know, for the first a third of my career, I guess, I spent a lot of money with media planning and, and budgeting and things like that. And what I used to tell people, and these were bigger companies, but still nascent in their online spend, uh, the first six months you're going to spend, all you're doing is paying to learn. You're not going to return, right? So uh, if you're running your first AdWords campaign, that first six months of spend, you are going to lose. Most people are saying, hey, I've only got $5,000 to my name. I'm going to put it in Google. I need it to return and kick off my business. The probability that that will happen is incredibly low, incredibly low. Mm-hmm. So really what I tell people is like, look, um, if you're going to be in a, in a position where you're spending that amount of money, spend the least amount you can to start learning. And then as you start to find some some patterns that you can support, get behind that. Love it. That's perfect. And and will I, I would be remiss if I didn't bring up the the topic that you've broached on a few times. Artificial intelligence. How is it changing the startup world? Uh boy. <laughs> it's funny because you know, I made at the top of the, the episode I did uh the reference to the internet coming, et cetera. Yeah. Uh what's amazing to me about AI is people are just talking about it. 
Like it's it's just become a topic now. And I'm like, this has been, I mean, AI has been around in these various forms. We kind of knew what's been coming for decades. I think, I think chat GPT just blew people's minds and made people go, oh shit, this is real now. Like this isn't, this isn't something that might be in the future. It's here and it's now. And they just gave us the equivalent of the Steve Jobs iPhone demo where people were like, well, yeah, I knew like, you know, um, phones that, that you could touch and manipulate and run apps on could happen, but bam, there it is. It actually happened. And now people's heads are exploding. Um, I think it, personally, when people are talking about how will AI change things, I think the most important way to, for me to think about it and for my team to think about it is for many things where we were the tool, Matt, you and I were the tool. In other words, the, a human brain where we had to perform a function um, that had an output, we were the tool. Now AI is the tool. And what I tell people is be the person that uses the tool don't be the tool. In other words, yeah. um, t- take a, a calculator. When a calculator came out, there were people that were like the human calculator. Like they were the tool that could do math, right? Mathematicians. But now the simple device came out, you can just type in a couple buttons and it could do anything better. And mathematicians are like, well, nobody's going to need math anymore. No, we don't need to understand math if there's a tool that, that, that can do it. We need to understand what to do with math. Math is just a tool to do something. Yep. We need to be good at using the tool. So whereas before, um, a lot of stuff that the AI was doing was done by humans. Cool. AI's got that covered. Now now level up. What can you do with that tool now that that's done? It'll take people some time to adjust, but but we always do. I, I think you said it just right. It's level up. Don't be in it. Yep. Be above it. Be using it. I, yep. I think that was absolutely well said. So uh, so Will, I, you know, first of all, if, if you guys don't know about startups.com, you better know. Uh, and, and it's not just startups.com. It's an entire suite of products and services. Um, yep. This is the man. When it comes to startups, there's nobody better. And I, you know, I'm just, I know I've said thank you and I, I can't say thank you enough because you just never know. And this, I, and I want everyone here to really not only learn from everything that Will said, but everything that Will's done. Because as a, whether you're an entrepreneur, a marketer, whatever you're doing, everything that you do could inspire someone else to go do something that then will, I mean, it's the butterfly effect yep. around the world, man. And, and, you know, it's hard to even quantify the impact that you've made. So I appreciate that. Yeah, my man. Thank More you so much for being here. Um, and, you know, really excited to be reconnected. And yep. uh, with that said, let's go get it. Build that. Right, Go get it, guys. Thanks, guys. Hi, you like that? You just got some knowledge bombs dropped on your head. So what do you got to do? Where you got to go? You now have been enlightened. So if you enjoyed this episode and you want to get some special goodies from Mr. Will Schroeder and $867 in free bonuses, what you need to do right now is go to marketinglegends.com slash will. That's W-I-L. Again, marketinglegends.com slash will make sure to grab those bonuses and go get some results make it happen we'll see you on the next episode this has been marketing legends go big give back be legendary